Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. Well, hey, if uh, you have not been here for a while, uh, we have been in a series titled What's the Big Deal? Closed it out last week. I had a blast with it. If you missed it, check it out. Next week, I'm starting a new series in the book of Daniel titled God's Not Done. Come on now, we're going Old Testament. Come on now. Yeah, buckle up. Um, it's going to be good. But uh, until next week, uh, we have a special treat for you. Uh, I got a good buddy. Uh, the Bible says that the Lord knits the body together. And so one of my mentors, very beginning of my journey, told me, hey, be careful when God illuminates people to you. They're just like, I like that guy. And you're like, talking like I'm supposed to talk to that person more. And so a while ago, I met my buddy Mark, and he pastors a great church in the city and in Green Valley, experienced church. And um, he's a golfer, he's a hooper, and that's when I knew he was the one. And so um, it, uh, it's been a, a great uh, journey of us just cheering each other on. Um, I can talk to other pastors in other areas. You know, I got buddies who are in Texas and Florida, and uh, they're pastoring churches. But there's nothing like talking to another pastor who's pastoring the Bay Area. Uh, they get it. They get that it's a unique place, that it is a missionary type of mindset. Um, and it's a privilege to pastor in the Bay Area, but it's hard. And so uh, I'm very thankful for my friend Mark that we get a pastor in this area. Can you get it up for Mark McGovern? Come on now. Thanks. Well, that's quite the introduction right there. Uh, hopefully I can live up to the hype. Uh, I do want to say uh, hello and uh, good morning to everybody. And I do love your pastors. Uh, Tyler is the best smack-talking golfer <laughs> that I've actually ever played with. And Rachel is like sweet and kind and generous, basically like Jesus. And uh, I didn't know, but the girl's got pipes. I mean, that girl can sang, not sing, sang. I mean, what a great job leading us in worship this morning. And uh, they love you guys so much and they believe in you and see such a bright future for you. Every time I talk to Tyler, he's bragging about you guys. I think it's honestly like pathetic. Like seriously, you can't possibly love those people that much. But he does and he believes in you. And so, so excited to taste it and feel it with you guys today. And full confession, I am jealous. And I'm jealous today because you have this gathering without masks, with a religious exemption. And I am in San Francisco where if we are indoors, it's all masked up. And our location in Green Valley, we've had all kinds of fun stuff with permits. And we've met outside in our parking lot for the last seven months. And so like, I'm just feeling this vibe today of everyone together in one place worshiping, and it feels great. And, and I do sense in this place that, that God is moving, and that I believe in the very near future there won't be a seat left, and many of you will be getting up and giving your seat to someone that's coming in for the first time. I see prodigals coming home to Jesus in this church. I see the call of God coming on young people in this church, and I, I'm just so excited that we get to labor together in the Bay Area. It's going to be great days ahead for all of us. Uh, and I'd ask all of you to pray for us. As Tyler said, it's hard to do church in the Bay Area. It's even harder in the city, y'all. I mean, it's, it's different game. And uh, we've been praying for this building uh, that we've been negotiating on. It's a, a church that was built in 1904. It uh, actually burned to the ground in the 1906 earthquake. Uh, it was started by a uh, Welsh revivalist from the revival in 1904 in Wales. And it was turned into a co-working space. 
after over 100 years as a church. And just a couple weeks ago, we actually signed a deal to get in the building. I think you'll see a picture up here. And uh, we did our first worship night on uh, Wednesday night, which was absolutely beautiful and exceptional. And uh, <clears throat> the owner of this building has never given out a purchase option in over 35 years of real estate development in the city and somebody got a purchase option. And so believe with us that we're able to buy that building. We believe in, in the revival history in that building and we wanna see it be and stay a church until Jesus comes back. Amen? It's gonna be awesome to see. Uh, you'll see a picture of my family. So my name is Mark, by the way, and this is my beautiful wife, Amanda, my brown-eyed girl, my college sweetheart. These are my three kids, uh, Max, who actually turns 13 next month. It's hard to believe I'm gonna have a teenager. This is crazy. Uh, Jack Jones is with me today on the front row. And then my little girl, Maddie, and this is our dog, Champ. And we live on the top of Potrero Hill in San Francisco, literally about a 10-minute walk from the Chase Center where the Warriors dominate. And uh, nearly every morning, Morning when there is sun, which isn't all the time during the June swoon where we're fogged in, and in Petro Hill we get sun at 10 a.m., which is great, but normally there's not a sunrise. Otherwise, there's a sunrise every morning. And I go on a prayer walk with my dog champ, and we declare this over the bay. We, we go to this high place and we're able to see the whole bay, and we pray every day that, that a new day is rising over the bay a day of revival, renewal, and awakening. Revival in the church, renewal in our cities, and awakening people to the presence of God. And so believe with us for that to happen in our day, in our time. And I have been watching some of the teachings that uh, Tyler was telling me about in your series, What's the Big Deal? And if you missed the one on community, that's like one of the best teachings, Tyler, that I've heard on community in a long time. Would strongly encourage you to go back in because I believe what we're learning is we clearly cannot do life alone. We need each other. And that teaching on community could really help some people. Would encourage you to do that. And what I'm going after today, our goal is that our teaching would be biblically hopeful and practically helpful. That you would get some tools today that you could apply in your life. And so if you're new to faith or exploring faith, or perhaps you've been going a while and you're maturing your faith, I believe God has something for you. If you're single or dating or engaged or married or divorced or widowed, I think God has something for you today. And if you're a student or maybe you're finished with your career and you are now retired, I believe God has something for you today from the scripture. We're gonna start in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse nine. This is Paul speaking and he says this, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me and, keyword, there are many adversaries. If you would just bow your head, I wanna pray real quick. Father, we just thank you so much today. You are so giving and kind and generous. You have so much to give every one of us today. Help us receive it all. We are open and we are available. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. One of my greatest childhood memories growing up in the Midwest was summer nights, outdoors, playing jailbreak. Anybody ever played jailbreak? 
right? So yeah, I, I see you. I see you jailbreak. And uh, jailbreak is like outdoor tag in teams. And anybody that gets tagged actually goes to like this jail, right? And uh, in the Midwest, it's a ton of fun because we got lightning bugs at night. And, and I, un, I identify with the opportunity and the adversary of this because there's one specific person in jailbreak that is just lame. And that's the person that guards the jail, right? And they like guard it and anyone that gets tagged has to go to the jail and then you play in teams. So there's one person hunting people down the other person guards the jail and the lame person is the person that guards the jail. And so there are adversaries. You're, you're dealing with mosquitoes and poison ivy and the humidity and it's sweaty and it's hot. And the only way that you can kind of really get a jailbreak is you got a tag team. You got to go shake and bake, baby, shake and bake. And so you kind of, someone distracts and then someone goes and when you touch the jail, everyone says jailbreak and then everyone gets free, right? And I was, I was thinking about this in this text and, and there's this risk, but there's also a reward. There, there's an open door, but there's also an adversary. I, am I gonna risk it and go for the jail and also maybe get tagged? Or am I gonna work together and are we gonna see a jailbreak? And I think right now this speaks so much to all of us in the moment that we're in in our culture. It feels like there's so much opportunity, but there's also so much risk. There's so much willingness to see what God could do, but man, what if I'm judged and the cancel culture and the mob comes after me, right? And I look at this illustration and I think about Jesus and the jailbreak. And I think about all the broken, hurting people right now that are in mental jail. They're in emotional jail. They're in financial jail. They're in relationship jail and they need a jailbreak. They need someone willing enough, humble enough, open and available enough to move towards them, to help them experience the freedom that they can only experience in Christ. And when Paul is talking about this work here, he calls it effective work. And effective work is Jesus' work. Jesus says in Luke 4, 18, I've come to set the captives free. I've come to bring good news to the poor. I've come to bring liberty to the oppressed. The Jesus work is the effective work. It's the work that actually helps people's lives. It improves their quality of life. Rick Warren said that in the next two years in our nation, it'll be the greatest harvest opportunity that we've ever seen. He calls, he calls it a tidal wave of grief coming over our country. And any follower of Jesus that knows how to share the gospel with someone that's grieving and coming to terms with their loss will be highly effective in their work a big, massive, wide open door is before all of us as followers of Jesus. And so are we going to join Jesus in his work of reaching out to hurting people? See, Jesus's work is energizing. It doesn't burn you out. It doesn't wear you down. Seeing people's lives change is energizing. It's life-giving. It gives you meaning and purpose. Being on mission is the best way that any of us could ever live. Moving towards people that are hurting and seeing their lives change because they meet Jesus. We've got a young guy in our church. His name is William. I call him Will I Am. And uh, 
my wife and I, we, were, we owned a CrossFit gym. Don't judge me, I saw that. You're looking at me like, it doesn't look like a CrossFitter. I said, we did, not currently. And we owned this CrossFit gym and we ended up leading 15 families to Christ from this CrossFit gym. And our church started in our Green Valley location in the CrossFit gym because none of the schools would let us in. And so one of the principals at the school started doing 5 a.m. CrossFit with me. And then she started coming to church in the CrossFit gym. The kids were in the yoga studio. And, and then she gave her life to Christ and we got into a school. And then once we got into the school, all these people started getting saved. And one of the families that came from the CrossFit gym to the school that ended up giving their lives to Christ was this family and their son's name was Will I Am. And, and just this past week, Will led an online prayer gathering for us. And I was in tears seeing how much this kid has changed in the last three years. And I said to him, I said, Will, where, where did this even come from? Like, what happened to you? And he said, Mark, every Sunday I'm in church, this is what I think about. I think about how boring my life would be without Jesus. He's like, literally, I would just be playing video games. And he said, I didn't even know how bored I was until I met Jesus. I said, Will I am? You better preach. <laughs> I didn't even know how bored I was until I met Jesus. So our open door for effective work for my wife and I was in our CrossFit gym. We just worked out with people and just heard people's stories and had a beer with them on a Friday night after a wad and, and just created community. And, and from that place of community, people just started unloading their stuff. People would find out I was a pastor and be shocked. And then they'd invite themselves to our church. I'm like, great, awesome, come, we'd love to have you. And people just started giving their lives to Jesus. All of us have an open door in front of us to do incredible energizing work with Jesus. It's a matter of our eyes being open to see that open door. So here's what I want you to do. I actually want you to close your eyes. Right now, let's just take one minute. In our church, we do these every week. We call them Selah moments. Selah is a Hebrew word that literally means to pause and to reflect. So just close your eyes. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Ask God this, what's my open door? Lord, show me my open door. Right now, you may see a face. You may see a place. Let the Lord show you your open door right now. Who is he moving you towards to love, to pray for, to listen to their story? Let him speak to you this morning. Amen. I love Paul here. He says, and not but. I think a lot of times as followers of Jesus, we put a but where Jesus puts an and. He says, there's an open door. He doesn't say, but, oh my God, the adversaries. He goes, eh, yeah, they're adversaries. But oh, that open door. That open door is worth the adversaries. And what he's doing, and Jesus was a master of this as a leader, was preparing his people for the resistance for the hardship, for what may come. Jesus didn't teach a gospel that was popping up petunias and turning up tulips. He said, stuff's gonna be tough, dude. It's gonna be hard, you're gonna wanna quit. But guess what, I'm with you. And if I'm with you, we're gonna win. Even when it feels like you're losing, we're gonna have victory. 
because you're with me. And so there's this tension that we have, and it's this tension of opportunity and challenge, this tension of risk and reward. And we see that Satan always, he's the lame guy that guards home base. He's the one that always tries to get around the open door, but here's the good gospel news. He can't shut the door that God opens. Jesus says that I will open a door that no man can shut. He can stand by the door. He can try to intimidate you. He can try to lie to you. He can try to, 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 to get you distracted, but he can't do anything about the, the door that God opens for you to minister to hurting people. He can't do anything about it. He can try to shut it. He can try to lock it, but it won't work. And so what we need to become is we need to become so what Christians. We see the open door and the adversaries are like, so what? Well, what will people say? So what? Well, you, you don't have enough education. So what? Well, you don't have enough training or experience. You don't even know all the Bible verses. So what? You don't pray enough. So what? I'm not going to allow any excuse to keep me from walking through the open door to the broken, hurting people that need what I have. I have a gospel that can change them from the inside out. If I have the cure for cancer, how could I possibly keep that from people that need healing? So what, Christians? See, anything worth doing will, had, will have adversaries. Anything that's worth anything is gonna have some resistance. There's gonna be some opposition. You will attract the enemy if you are advancing. And can I tell you, there's never just one adversary. They normally come in waves. They never roll alone. They have like an entourage of fellow adversaries. That's just kind of how it works. But here's what I want you to know about these adversaries. They're never really big, intimidating giants. The adversaries that always hang around the open doors are normally small, annoying, distracting foxes. You're like, what? Foxes. Let me, let me show you. Song of Songs, chapter two, verse 15. Catch the little foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Now, if you've never read the Song of Solomon, it's the spiciest book in the Bible. It's basically about chicka, wow, wow. Right, all the single guys are like, I'm now reading my Bible. Song of Solomon, thank you, Jesus. And it's all about sex. It's all about romance. It's all about deep, personal, trusting, intimate relationship. And this scripture applied to us in the New Testament actually is communicating about our relationship with God that is coming into blossom, that is coming into fruition. And what's trying to impede that progress and that growth are little foxes. And so I wanna talk about the little foxes this morning. Because a couple weeks ago, when I had gone through months and months and months of adversaries getting ready to step into this new space for us in the city, and, and where everyone is trying to move away from the city, we feel like we're called to plant a flag in the middle of the city. And what's interesting is we're actually, guess what neighborhood we're in? The Mission. Come on, somebody, Mission Church up in here. <clears throat> and so I'm thinking about this scripture in the morning where I feel like foxes are everywhere. 
I go out on my prayer walk with my dog champ and I'm walking to the end of my street and this is what I see. I see a flipping fox in the middle of San Francisco. Like you can't even make that stuff up, dude. I'm like, dude, I am like seeing stuff. What is wrong with me? And I'm like, you know, and Champ's like ready to kill him. And I kind of wanted to let him go. And like, Champ, just do the Lord's work, brother. But I thought best of it and kept him on his leash. And, and, and so you know how God kind of knows how to talk to us? He knows how to speak our language. He's talking to me about foxes. And then I literally see a fox. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And now it's like all over the next door and Citizen app, you guys have that, right? And it's like, this fox is everywhere now. And it's like, okay, okay, God, you have my attention. And then I started thinking about every time God has used me to take a big step forward, what's happened? And I, I started re reminding myself, it's always been foxes. It hasn't been big, intimidating giants. It's always been the small things. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? And, and I thought about when God called a man and I to, to move from our Green Valley location where we owned a home, a beautiful home, and, and to move to the city, which nobody does. Nobody moves to the city to try to raise kids. And we felt like God telling us to do that. And we put our house up for sale and like all the foxes come. We literally had a realtor leave the AC on and it froze the pipes and we get back from a weekend and our ceiling is caved in and like water streaming and the floors are ruined. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm trying to sell it before that happens. <laughs> and, and then like our fence blows over the same week. And then I remember our solar panels went out and I'm like, you can't even, what? You gotta be kidding me. There was so much resistance. The devil didn't want us to move. He wanted to do everything he could to distract us and discourage us. And, and then I started thinking about my current foxes. Right now in our Green Valley location, we have a, a lease on this beautiful warehouse and we're gonna transform it, a second warehouse for kids in this back space and we're gonna turn it into a backyard fire pits and sand, it's gonna be gorgeous, like a winery in Napa in the back. It's gonna be amazing. We still don't have permits 10 months in. Our architect told us, if you guys were a strip club, you would have had a permit in one month. And I said, okay, I'm gonna resubmit because we are a strip club. I'm gonna strip shame off you. I'm gonna strip guilt off you. I'm gonna strip sickness off you. But uh, the city didn't buy it. Just this past week, one of my closest friends who's one of those guys, Tyler knows, those guys that are like in the trenches with you, been through everything together, pregnant, first child, they had a miscarriage and they were devastated. And when you're really close to people, I've learned this in COVID, I'm so much more in touch with my in, internal world. When you're really close to someone that gets hit, you feel it. I felt it when my friend lost their first baby. We did a Zoom call with them and they're in tears and foxes. And then my, my grandmother, I, I have a grandmother back in the Midwest. She's 93 years old, you won't believe this. She has 101 grandkids. Irish Catholic, don't believe in birth control. Let's have a good time. Nine kids, grandkids, great grandkids. She has great, great grandkids. Nine great, great grandkids. Prays over every one of the grandkids every day. She is like a saint, literally an angel. We call her the golden grandma. So all this is happening last week, right before we take this massive step forward, grandma gets COVID. And you know, I'm like, oh God, what's gonna go down here? Am I going to a funeral next week? What's gonna happen? No, nah, grandma 
kicked COVID's butt. I talked to her, she's like, I was tired for like two days, but I just rested and prayed. I'm like, you got, it. wow. I wanna be like her when I grow up. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take two minutes, and I, actually a little bit less than that. I want you to talk to somebody next to you. What are your current foxes? What are the things that the enemy is sending at you to defeat you that are popping up everywhere? And now you've been thinking about it the last couple of minutes. Man, he's been telling me about his. What are mine? I want you to take a minute and a half. Maybe we can get some vibe music going in the background. That would be awesome. Or keys or, or Hammond B3 organ would be good too. Okay, I feel you. All right. Take 90 seconds. Talk amongst you. What are the current foxes that you're up against? Take some time and talk. Go ahead. All right, all right. Sounds like there are foxes in your life. Seems like everybody identifies with the foxes. Here's what I want you to know. Satan sends foxes to defeat us. He knows that they're highly effective. And so when we're doing effective work for Jesus, Satan responds by sending foxes. And here's the first set of foxes he sends. It's the distraction foxes, right? And let's just be honest, we live in the most distracted generation of all humanity. Six hours of social media use daily among millennials. So many people are scrolling their life away. I believe our phones have become our pacifiers and our blankies to numb us from the pain and problems that we refuse to confront. Satan wants to send the foxes of distraction to keep you looking everywhere but at Jesus. Because when your eyes are fixed on him, you will always win. This past week, we, we did our first worship night in the new building. I'm outside greeting people. We've got neighbors walking by in the mission. They're like, what is this place? We're like, it's a church. You want a tour? They're like, yeah. And so we're like taking all these random people through our building for tours. And no lie, we're five minutes before kickoff. And all of a sudden, I feel something drop on the back of my neck. And my first thought was, I think that was a bird. And my second thought was, if it hit my shirt, I'm worshiping shirtless tonight. And I run into the bathroom and sure enough, I'm not even gonna give you the graphic details, but it was disgusting. Ripped my shirt off, washing everything down, lathering, sanitizing, bleaching, right? And I just said, no, I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm gonna get up there and worship my guts out. God's given me an open door and I'm gonna walk through it. Satan will always send the distracting foxes. The second set of foxes he sends are deception. And this is where it gets real gnarly because I'm gonna talk to somebody right now. You feel like you've been doing everything right. Like everything God's told you to do, you've been doing it. Like, man, I feel like I'm doing everything right. What, what is wrong with me? You start blaming yourself for the foxes. Oh, it, if you've grown up in a religious church environment, it's like, oh, there must be sin in my life. Oh, oh, I must have left an open door for the enemy to get in. Oh, I must not be praying enough or reading enough or doing enough. And so it, it, it's now it's like you begin to believe the lie from the enemy that the foxes are your fault. The, but the foxes aren't your fault. They're, they're never your fault. They're sent from Satan to defeat you. And one of the major ways he does is by deceiving you into believing that you deserve the foxes because something is wrong with you. And then he 
The, the last one is, is these foxes come full of discouragement. You're running low on hope. You're tired. You're exhausted. You've been grinding. You, you can't see the open door anymore. It feels like a mirage. It feels like maybe I shouldn't have done this. I'm overthinking this. And why did I try this? What was I thinking? I, I, you start questioning everything and, and you find yourself discouraged. But here's the good news for you today. Foxes aren't bad. Foxes are good because foxes only show up when there's fruit. Foxes only show up when there are grapes on the vine. Foxes only show up when God's on the move. Foxes only show up when somebody's praying because God is going to answer. Foxes only show up when fruitfulness, what's happening on the inside, begins to show on the outside. Then the foxes begin to turn up. So the same thing that Satan meant to defeat you and discourage you is the same thing that you can find encouragement and strength in because what the enemy meant for evil, God means for good. So let those foxes encourage you. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You can come and you can watch me win, foxes. I'm gonna be more fruitful. I'm gonna walk through more open doors. I'm gonna help more hurting people. I'm gonna share the gospel with more neighbors and friends and coworkers. Foxes are a reward for fruitfulness. Yes, they are annoying. Yes, you wanna chase them away but allow them to encourage you that the only reason they're there is because you've been walking with Jesus. John 15, Jesus says, the band can come up, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. See, we're fruitful because we abide. We're not fruitful because of our IQ or our EQ. We're not fruitful because of our talent or our work ethic. We're not fruitful because we have healthy eating habits. We're not fruitful because we're good. We recycle and we compost and we drive electric cars and we have like virtually no carbon footprint. No, 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 that's not why we're fruitful. We're fruitful because we walk with Jesus. We're open and available. We open our lives to whatever he wants to say and whatever he wants to do. And when he opens the doors, we're gonna walk with him past the adversaries through the door to hurting people. That's why we're fruitful, not because of us, but because of him. Fruit, foxes, and we're gonna end with fantasy. It's, it's really sad, the state of the church in America and what I would call the American gospel. The westernized gospel has been reduced to the American dream. And let's be honest, it's fantasy. Unicorns and rainbows. Everything's supposed to be up and to the right. Everything's supposed to work out and look great. And what we've learned the last 18 months, that's just not true. When we read the gospels, we see Paul didn't have it easy. Jesus had it worse. There, there, there's a pain for progress. There, there's, a, there's blood, there's sweat, there's tears, there's unanswered prayers and questions. And, and a lot of the time things aren't fully gonna make sense. But Jesus is with us and he will always open doors to hurting people. 
And that's what you guys are doing, Mission Church. You guys are opening your doors to a hurting, grieving community that is just now finally coming to terms with the losses and the licks that they've taken. And so every week, have a faith and an expectancy that people are coming in that want and need to meet Jesus. And I want you to be encouraged today. Identify and find that open door and march through it with courage. And when the foxes come, just smile. Just know that you're on the right path. Just know that you're doing exactly what God has called you to do. And so here's how I want us to close today. If you would just close your eyes and put your hand on your heart. I just want to pray here in our closing moments. Holy Spirit, would you just come right now? Would you just fill this room? You know, every person that's here, every person that will watch online that is identifying with the truth that's been shared with them today. Lord, we speak to those doors that seem shut, those doors that we can no longer see. Open our eyes to see the open doors to hurting people all around us. In Jesus' name. And now, Lord, we pray for the foxes. I want to pray for family foxes. If you've got foxes in your family, there's drama. Just raise your hand right now. I just need prayer right there. Just, Lord, we see hands all over this place right now. In Jesus' name, for misunderstanding and burnt bridges and disappointment and frustration. Lord, we just pray for peace in families to identify these foxes and to overcome them in Jesus' name. For career foxes, anybody, you got foxes in your career, just raise your hand. Just, I don't know where it's going. Am I gonna keep my job? Do I need to change industry? Should I go back to school? Lord, for those career foxes that are popping up around, Lord, that we would see you leading us in Jesus' name. And lastly, health foxes in our bodies. Just things happening and should I see a doctor and what's going on and my parents have this and generationally and is this going to happen for me and if you identify with that just raise your hand just health foxes maybe it's someone close to you yeah I see hands everywhere this morning Lord we just pray the prince of peace would give them wholeness and fullness in their mind their heart their body in Jesus name and that every one of us would overcome every fox and walk through those open doors to people that are ready to receive you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.